season's greetings. This is the Jim and Harry Holiday Christmas Special. How are you, Harry? Have a holly jolly Christmas. All right, don't sing I... anymore. We're going to get sued. You can only sing one line. Isn't that one in the public domain? Are we going to get sued by the estate of Burl Ives? No, no, and I will talk more about that in just a minute because I have selected for us some appropriate holiday music that is in the public domain. Are you ready? Yes, sir. All right, stand by. Here we go. This is the season. in a fucking holiday spirit right now. <laughs> oh, I have one question for you. Yeah, go ahead. First first of all, great oboe playing. Second of all, what what is that song? I don't recognize it. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> it's it's probably due to the musicianship. It's actually called Jingle Bells. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so this is going to be a different show. We're going to pick some uh, some Christmas specials that we've known for many, many, many years that have been on since before we were born. I've done all the nuts and bolts research, so I'm just going to throw a bunch of stuff at you to get your reaction. How does that sound? I'm I'm happy to do it. Uh, I've, I've got my Santa hat on. i got bells on my shoes, and I'm ready to go. So uh, uh, await aw- on Dasher, on Dancer, on Nixon and Clinton. Nixon. Let's go. <laughs> You know, that would have been good. You know, throw Nixon in. That would be funny. It's like some kid messing it up, you know, <laughs> getting Nixon yeah, He was in on the naughty Nixon. list. Yeah, yeah. That's, he, was, he delivered the presents hey, for the kids on the naughty list. You know, I actually, to, to start this, I was going to do Silver Bells because that's more of a melodic, you know, the Silver Bells. But first of all, it's not in the public domain. But second of all, do you know who sang the song Silver Bells first? Burl Ives. No, good guess. It's actually Bill... Or William Frawley. Fred Mertz. Fred Mertz and Bub from My Three Sons. Can you believe that? Right, yeah. Hey, did you ever see a My Three Sons with a Bub episode? I never did. I was always Not Uncle really. Charlie. Yeah, very rarely was it a Bub. And I don't even know why the hell he did that show. He had all that I Love Lucy money, although maybe he didn't make a ton in syndication, but still. No, they worked their ass off around the clock. I mean, that's when baseball players were digging graves in the offseason. Selling insurance, so just R- think Richie Hebner. Richie Hebner. That's how Richie Hebner right. got his nickname, the Grave Diver. All right, now yeah. we're gonna st- we're gonna start with the show, and uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and and throw it to you this way, okay? Beautiful. I want to be a dentist. Of course, we're talking about Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> That's it, Rudolph the Red Nosed oh, Reindeer, 1964. Good impersonation too, you know. I, well, you, you, I butcher the impressions, and you get them, you nail them right on the money. Well, Very that's the, good. That's the only one I can do. I want to be a dentist. A dentist. That's it. That's it. That's <laughs> all I can do. <laughs> but it was 1964. Of course, it was a uh, that great stop time animation, whatever the hell it was that Rankin and Bass did. You remember they did a bunch of those. Rankin and Baskin and Robbins, and they did uh, what was it? Uh, 
Santa Claus is coming to town, too, yep, right? You got it. You got it. Yeah, I'm yeah. not going to talk that much about that one. But, yeah, you're exactly mm-hmm. right. You know them all. You know them all. Um, so this one was in 1964, but it actually was based off a 1939 poem, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, that actually was created for Montgomery Ward as part of their, like, Christmas oh. catalog or something like that. Man, they went out of business a few years ago. But that oh, a was, long time uh, ago. They were big back then, Montgomery Ward. You know, that was a guy's name. That was, yeah, that's how they came up with the name for the store, like Marshall Field, Montgomery Ward. But anyway. Well, it used to, and at least, remember, it used to be Sears Roebuck, and then, and then Roebuck took like a, a, a five-day a weekend, and he comes back on Monday, and all of a sudden his name is gone from all the stores, and Sears is over there in the corner going, ah, I screwed you, Roebuck, ah, take a long way, you lose your name. <laughs> No. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, the, the I don't know how Montgomery Ward uh, was just one person, but they, they lasted a long time based in Chicago, but they're out of business now. But if their lasting legacy of the company is to give us Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, yeah. that's pretty damn good. They should have publicized that more. All right. So, uh, so in 1949, after the poem, uh, Johnny Marks, famous songwriter, writes the song Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It was sung originally by Gene Autry. Of course, everybody has covered it since then. And uh, Mm -hmm. then in 1964, they took the song and turned it into that whole convoluted story of Rudolph and the misfit toys and the dentist and the abominable snowman and Yukon Cornelius. And God, what any of that had to do with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, I never knew until you get to the end. And it's like, oh, it's foggy. Oh, we need Rudolph. Let's sing the song. And it all comes to a happy ending. But the rest of it is just bullshit as far as I'm concerned. Well, you criticize, but what would you have come up with? You have a, I, it's, easy to, it's easy to say the problem with something, but I'm looking for solutions. What would have been the appropriate storyline? Right, I'm putting you on the well, spot right no, now. No, it's like they say in the writer's room in show business, they say to the guy who criticizes, oh yeah, buddy, where were you when this page was blank? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It sounds a little Carl Reiner-ish to me. I bet you know it could have been Carl Reiner or Mel Brooks <laughs> or one of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> but it's been on, you know, it's been on every year since, uh, you know, we used to, when it was on, remember you'd be at school, and be, oh, you know, Rudolph's on tonight. We just see Rudolph last night. I mean, we all watch those things every year. Every year, because there wasn't too much TV on, and it was, my memory is there were three, the, the, the big three that would come around every Christmas, you know, during the sweet spot era from like age nine to 13 or whatever it was. Right. Uh, yeah, it was... Uh, Rudolph, right. Then Santa Claus is coming to town, right. And then Frosty the Snowman with Jimmy Durante, uh, yeah, narrating, yeah. And you know, and then, I was gonna, I was gonna hit on Frosty, but I only wanted to make one point about Frosty. I didn't like it because a that guy's so mean, who's always trying to melt him, and b the little girl starts crying, and it's really sad. And third, and most importantly, I think they made Frosty a little retarded. Happy birthday. Yep. Um, now, that was done by the guys, I think, who did the puppets, uh, the big-headed, the, the like, H.R. Puffin stuff and stuff. Am I wrong on that? I no, you're, th- you're thinking Sid and Marty Croft. This was Rankin yeah. and Bass. Rankin and Bass did Rudolph. They also did Frosty. And it was kind of... They kinda, did. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. And that one was sort of an uncomfortable type show, which we hate. Like, uh, the mean guy, like, added... Okay, I know it's a classic formula. You're supposed to have conflict and that, but right. we're, we're not watching it for a classic formula. We're watching it for a nice, warm mug of Christmas oh. 
joy, right? As a always kid. made we me don't sad. Need the oh, yeah, always right. made me sad. I Good just point. I didn't like that one. Although the song, it's great to hear the great Jimmy Durante, and I think that was one of the last songs he recorded. There must have been some magic in that old gray hat they found. Oh, he's you know what? Google Google Jimmy Durante. Google Jimmy Durante and Louis Armstrong at the Hollywood Palace. It was a show. It was the show that yeah. replaced the Jerry Lewis show. And it's classic <laughs> because you've got Louis Armstrong, who still it was in pretty good health at that point. And then Jimmy Durante. It's just great old school show business. Oh, I'd love to see that. Now, I'd like to introduce the entertainer that I think is the world's greatest. The one and only Jimmy Durante. <laughs> Very good stuff. Uh, Jimmy Durante, you know, some people think it was a one-trick pony, just uh, talked like that, and that was his gimmick. Mm-hmm. But And I never really saw him in a lot of stuff other than Frosty the Snowman and maybe um, Ed Sullivan or something, you know, like a clip. No, he, he went back to vaudeville days, and, of course, he was an actor. Uh, he did a bunch of hit movies. He was also a good piano player, and he was the first guy to actually, I think, to take apart his instrument. He would play the piano, and he'd make mistakes, and he'd like pull something out of the piano. He'd pull out a string. He'd pull out a piece of board, um, and that was part of the act, where he'd kind of go crazy and dismantle his piano because it wasn't working correctly. Uh, that's good. I like that. Uh, can I say one more thing about Frosty? I know you're not doing that, okay. but you know what was bizarre? Do you remember? This one definitely didn't make the cut. Uh, they had like a uh, a follow-up, like a Frosty 2, that had an animated Andy Griffith with green hair, I think. Do you, am I remembering that incorrectly? <laughs> Boy, I, you know, that's got to be one for the corrections, because I, I, I don't remember Andy Griffith as Frosty with green hair. No, he but, wasn't Frosty. He was oh. in the Jimmy Durante role. Oh, okay. Now, Frosty went down to that shop and got some Ritz crackers. Mm. <laughs> All right, let me get back to Rudolph Happy real quick. Happy birthday. Okay, I know. He, he, every time he did that, I'm like, what, is he retarded? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, so... Uh, I mean, doesn't even do. So Rudolph, of so course, uh, uh, featured uh, the great Burl Ives, who was known for that. And to this day... Is he day, dead or alive? No, he's, he's, he's passed away. <laughs> but he's the only one. He still, or the estate, still gets residuals from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Really? Now, I don't think it's wow. a lot, and it's not, as a matter of fact, I think it's his family. They say the fact that, hey, you know, it, we're getting point zero 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 one percent of everything we should, but still, at least yeah. they're getting a check every time it plays, which, you know, is something, I guess. Right. Oh, my God, yeah. There's an underrated guy. Did you know I, he was apparently thrown out of Eastern Illinois University for uh, peeping on a... Uh, in, uh, Female athletes in the showers. You better take this one out because I'm not. No, no, I can. No, I, I can go. I can go one further along the same lines. Barbara Eden, <laughs> she did a show with him before I Dream of Jeannie. It was a, I think it was on for one season, and she said that she, the whole time, was running away from Burl Ives. He would <laughs> break, really break into her dressing room. I mean, just the most perverted man <laughs> in the world. Whoa. <laughs> Uh, wow. Okay. Well, this is going to add a new twist when I watch Rudolph tonight. Uh, the funny thing is that the biggest song is Holly Jolly Christmas. That's the one that people probably, you know, yeah. And uh, and Burl covered that. I think it made it. Yeah. Johnny Marks wrote that one, too. And it made it to number 30, whereas Rudolph actually made it to number one in 1950, the Gene Autry now, version. That's a that's a great fact. Johnny Marks, you mentioned him a couple of times. What was his most popular song that he wrote? Was oh. it Rudolph? Or did he write? Didn't he write like... Uh, 
uh, Rockin' Around the Christmas. Or he wrote a couple others that were super popular, didn't he? Yeah, he wrote a bunch of songs. I'll I'll put that in the corrections because I really I was researching him a little bit, but then I got off the track. But he had more hits, especially I think he wrote half the uh, the contemporary Christmas songs that we all sing. I'll I'll put that in the corrections, but he had a bunch of hits, bunch of uh-huh. hits. Well, yeah, I, I think he had some non-Christmas hits too. Oh yeah, but anyway, yeah. Okay, go ahead, go for it. By the way, I I know what you can get me for Christmas. What's that? A cough button. I just realized I don't have one here. I had to put my head between my legs and let it fly. Harry Carey did fifty. Harry Carey did fifty years of play-by-play and never used a cough button. So you don't. That's need right. I'm always maintaining. Excuse me. I've always Always. Anything else uh, you remember about Rudolph you want to mention? Because I don't want to spend too much time on all of these. Well, uh, as a kid, it was on the list. But yep. as an adult, I don't care to watch it anymore. I got OD'd on it. Just as like I don't listen to the Christmas music on the radio around the clock where they have the same 17 songs that they play over and over. At some point, oh. you want to pull the radio out, throw it down in the middle of the road, run over it front back and sideways and never listen to it again. That's the point I almost got to with uh, the Rudolph TV show. But other than that, Merry Christmas. <laughs> well, do you know the, the number one Christmas station in Chicago on the FM dial? WLIT. We'll leave a light on for you. Melissa Foreman does mornings there. She's a dear friend of mine. I, I worked with yeah. her in Champaign-Urbana while she was doing mornings with my buddy Jerome Ritchie. I was the weather guy. So, uh, oh, yeah, I, she and I well, go way good. back. Yeah, oh, she's I feel sorry girl for her. She, they she, stick her with telling those sickening, sweet Christmas stories every but you time. Know, I'll tell you this. She really is a very sweet person. I mean, she is legitimately one of the nicest. She's got a beautiful family. She's really, really a sweetheart of hey, a girl. So, hey, yeah. did I insult her? I didn't no. say anything about her. All right, hang on. I'm I going was for talking the horn about the again. music. I know. I'm going for the horn again. Okay, this is, this is going to bring us to our next song. Okay, here we go. All right, here it, we go. It has another impression, okay? Here he comes now, the big ham. Any guess? Well, um, we might have a black hole situation here where I should know this, but I don't. But I'm going to just take a wild-ass guess on one show that I'm really not very familiar with. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say it's something to do with Mr. Heatmiser with Shirley Booth. That's exactly right. Year without a Santa Claus. <laughs> Shirley Booth's final performance, and that's that's oh. the best thing about it is Heatmiser and Snowmiser. That that's the best. I feel like song. I just got the question right on password with a wild ass guess or something like that. So that's, this is very satisfying. Great. 19, Tell me about it because you can educate me. 1974. Uh, I believe it was also Rankin and Bass, although I'll have to put that in the corrections because I don't have that in my notes. Hang on, wait a minute. You know what? I think I've got it right here. Let me go. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Rankin Bass, Rankin Bass, 1974. It featured, of course, as Santa Claus, and this is another $1,000 Jeopardy question. Um, um, Darren McGavin. No, I'll give you a hint. Yes. <sighs> Uncle Milty deserved better than goddamn Jack Carter. Oh, that's right. I remember that now. That's weird. Jack Carter was Santa Claus? No, that was my impersonation of Mickey Rooney. Because remember when oh. I told him Milton Berle died and no, Jack no, no, Carter no. did the eulogy, he said to me, Uncle Milty deserved better than Jack Carter. No, 
wait just a cotton picking minute. What okay. in the wide world of sports are you talking about? Mickey Rooney yep. was the voice of Santa Claus in Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Can we agree on that? I don't think that's right. I think Yes, it was. I will bet my bottom I'll I'll stake my rep my low down Terrible, beaten, battered reputation, whatever's left of it. All right. Well, I'll you know what? stake that either. All right. I, I got my stuff. Can you Google? You do a Google. I got all my pages open right now. I, think I knew I was going to have to do some work on this episode. Okay. Year Without yeah. a Santa Claus was Mickey Rooney, but I think Santa Claus is Coming to Town was... Who do you think it was? Jack it Carter? Was, no, it was somebody else <laughs> like Mickey Rooney, but maybe right, you, I'm wrong. You go ahead. I'm listening with one ear, and on the other eye, I'm Googling to find out. We're going to give the audience All right. an answer here. But this can't wait for the correction. All right. This is, so, this is a matter of, of journalistic credibility. We're on the line here, man. So Year Without a Santa Claus was 1974. Wasn't a huge hit. As a matter of fact, for a lot of years, it wasn't on anymore. But the thing that most people remember is, is Snow Miser and Heat Miser. And I think the people that own the rights, the lady that wrote the book originally, and I don't have this in the notes, but I think she had a problem with the production because for a lot of years, you couldn't use the music or the music was unavailable, but they actually did, and this was something I always thought would have been great on Broadway, they did a live action production in 2006. Yeah. They did? Yeah, and John Goodman played Santa, Michael McKean played the Snow Miser, and Harvey Firestein played the heat miser and i just think that's great casting so kudos that, to that is great casting i love that yeah well who uh, so um so you think it was mickey rooney that played first of all i'm going to tell you okay. that um mickey rooney in fact was the voice of chris kringle aka santa claus and santa claus coming to town 1970 you'll remember that fred astaire was the narrator uh, yes. But uh, Mickey Rooney was the Santa Claus. Uh, okay. That, so. Now, was that Rankin and Bass, too? Because that would make sense. Well, let me just uh, go back. Uh, keep talking, and I'll okay. have to look that up. Because <laughs> it would make sense that in the continuity, because you're without a Santa Claus was 74, Santa Claus is coming to town. If that was 70, they probably said, well, Mickey Rooney, he's Santa Claus. So, you know, wow. we got to use so him again in 74. Well, let's go with that because uh, I think we're, we're both right then. So I like okay. that idea. Yeah. All right. Well, that was um, Santa Claus is coming to town. I don't remember that one that well. Rankin and Bass. Yep. Yeah, I figured as much. They did all those By the way, specials then. Yeah. You're right. Did you know what Bass's first name is? Uh, Jules. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Is that like, is he like a butler? <laughs> no. <laughs> I know. I know a couple of Jules, and they're not butlers. There's a, Men? Yeah, there's Jules Verne. He's a wonderful okay. oceanographer, whatever the hell he is. You know, let's see. There's but this a, is like a British name, so it could be mostly for a butler if you live in the United States. You got a butler, boy. That's really, I, I don't know whether <laughs> it's not racist or sexist, but it's something. It's something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I just wanted to mention Heat Miser and Snow Miser because I, I love them. They're, they're the best. And uh, and I still I, I every if I'm in a bad mood I'll I'll type in Heat Miser Snow Miser on YouTube and listen to that song it's good I like it it is now can we just uh, add one thing Shirley yeah. Booth was in that I'm right right she was Mrs Santa Claus yes you're exactly right yeah Mr that... B yeah that was an impression of her in the show Hazel and what I liked about the show Hazel was <laughs> I you talk about butlers but. I would envision if I ever had a maid, I'd want it to be like Shirley Booth because I wouldn't want like a real hot maid running around here, uh, even if I'm not married, because, you know, that 
pretty soon doesn't become a maid, it becomes a distraction, you know. So if I was super rich, I would have like Shirley Booth type maid. I don't know about you. Um, I don't know if I'd have Shirley Booth. I would definitely have a Sebastian Cabot as my gentleman's gentleman. For sure. Shirley Booth and Sebastian Cabot. Because, you know, Cabot is going to be able to, you know, make sure everything's squared away on the men's side, get your pr- cologne laid out and all that stuff. And you figure somebody Wait. like Shirley Booth is going to be a good cook. Uh, with Wait a minute. So. If, we're going, if we're going down this road, let's just say screw Sebastian Cabot and Shirley Booth and just have Barbara Eden. Come on. Like I said, that would accomp- that would be like another category. I'm talking about strictly oh, okay. for utilitarian purposes, like getting the job done, you know, okay. without distraction, making your life easier. Okay. All right, let's go to 1965 now for a classic. Classic for so many reasons. Uh, Charles Schultz, Charlie Brown Christmas. Mm. Again, oh, the one best. Of those, yeah, and I'll tell you this though, that's another one that when they all make fun of the Charlie Brown Christmas tree. And it falls over. I used to get sad. I'm like, I don't. And then, of course, at the end, everyone, you know, rallies and it has a very happy. Yeah. It has a very religious uh, theme and religious ending, uh, which I think is great. You know, very interesting. You point that out because I I had an uncomfortable feeling watching that show for a while. But then I got over it because. But the thing is, the whole Charlie Brown episodes are pretty much about him being bullied. You know, it's like the poor guy, leave him alone. He's not a bad kid. Yet, I love the Peanuts. Love it. I mean, it's great. Uh, so I'm, like, conflicted about it. Did you ever, am I crazy? Or did, am I, what, what do you think of that observation? It's a great observation. And looking back at it now, yeah, I mean, there was a little darkness there because Charlie Brown never won. And he was kind of bullied a little bit on occasion. But he had a heart of gold. And, of course, I think the fact that Linus and he were such good friends, and Linus was kind of the smarter one. Uh-huh. Who would always... Watched out for him a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, he did, and I was just doing the research on Charles Schultz because I think he's a fascinating man. Because even, I want to say, even before Walt Disney really cashed in with all the Mickey Mouse stuff, when he was doing Peanuts, that's when merchandising really began because they had, you know, the Peanuts comic strip from 1950 to 2000. But, you know, the Peanuts dolls and then the shows and, uh, and, and all of the... Snoopy stuff. everywhere. Snoopy everywhere. He was almost like there with Mickey Mouse for a while. Snoopy. Yeah, and that's why I kind of made the Walt Disney comparison because I think Peanuts, and I remember reading something, that the Charles Schultz estate at one point was worth well over a billion dollars just from all of these little cartoon drawings that he did, which is amazing. Yeah, and from what I understand, and I'm sure you've read a book, or have, and by the way, I'm not poking at you. I super admire you. You seem to have read books on every topic that I oh, ever think you. of. Uh, but I think Charles Schultz, from my limited reading, you know, article here or there, always stayed a down-to-earth, uh, nice gentleman. And, you know, I think he died like three weeks after the last Peanuts cartoon was published. Yeah, yeah, right. I think that's probably where I was reading about his life. It was in his obituary. Um, but anyway, it's amazing. Another thing, can I just add one more? Uh, Please. The music is iconic. You know, one of the things I remember, my favorite part of the Christmas special is when they're dancing to da na 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 You know, and the kid with the, he's got his, he looks like, you know, the Frankenstein monster, arms hung out, his head down, and he's just bopping up and down. <laughs> But that was done by the Vince Guaraldi Trio, uh, which is an amazing piano jazz piece. If you just listen to that song, it's a Christmas song. But he 
Vince Guaraldi died way too young in his 40s of a heart attack. It's an amazing story, but he had a great jazz trio. Um, but if you, he, he was so associated with that song, I hope he made some money from it, because that's when you hear his piano, even on other songs, you hear Charlie Brown. Well, I'm glad you said that, because honestly, I know uh, Vince Guaraldi, and I know of him, but I really I don't hear that many people talk about him. And I wonder, I really don't know. It's kind of a blind spot for me. And I'll do the research and put it in the corrections. I mean, I wonder how much commercial success he had because any that he got, he, he definitely deserved. Yeah, I don't think he had that much. Uh, again, I'm, I'm probably overstating it to say that he was a master, but he was good. No, he's excellent. He got this, yeah, and he died too early. The Charlie Brown Christmas, do you know it was actually completed, the animation and the final edits, only 10 days before it originally aired? I believe that. Although it doesn't yeah. seem all that super hard. That was just, well, those were probably individual cell drawings, right? Well, and the animators, and actually almost everybody around the project said, oh, geez, we threw this together. It's not that good. It's going to be a bomb. Ugh, we're just not happy with it. Turns out, I'm guessing it probably would have been um, a bad thing if the animation was too much better because it has sort of a stylistic impression on you this kind of a little bit crudeness to the it like it they are like drawings you're watching on tv and it's kind of cool that way it, it said it's it, it gives a brand to the peanuts not just about what they say or what the characters look like but the the, the way the show looks from minute to minute well and you know they also got criticized for for casting nothing but child actors and actresses to do the different voices and did you know Peter Robbins, the guy who originally was Charlie Brown, the first Charlie Brown for most of those specials? Uh -huh. do, you know, do you know what happened to him? No. He went to prison. Oh, no. I didn't want to hear that. Now I, I really got a dark pall over that show, well, for God's sake. Well, yeah, he, he in, I, and it was recently, in the, like the last 10, 15 years, he went to jail for stalking, and I think he spent three, four, five years in prison. And uh, yeah, I know, I know. You can Google it. I didn't want to get all the messy details, but I think he's out of prison now. Well, that's good. And, and Charlie Brown, and this is really kind of sad. You realize that uh, you can only watch a Charlie Brown Christmas this season on Apple TV. Uh, why they bought the exclusive rights to it? Yeah, they bought the rights, yeah. and they had they had a window for like two days where you could watch it, like at the end of November. But now, unless you have Apple TV, you can't watch Charlie Brown Christmas, which is really kind of sad. Yeah, that is sad. That's like stealing Christmas from a whole portion of kids that can't afford Apple TV. Damn those people. <laughs> and speaking of that, let's transition to our next one that I want to talk about briefly. Oh, the Grinch Stole Christmas. Book was written in 57. They made it into a TV special in 1966. And, of course, who was the author, Harry? Dr. Leonard Seuss. Theodore, how do you say his last name? Geisel? Seuss. No, it's Theodore. Geisel. Geisel. Okay, yeah. All right, all right. Here's another $1,000 Jeopardy question. How the Grinch Stole Christmas is narrated by whom? Um, oh, I know who it is. Yes. He was working in the lab late one <laughs> night when I suddenly heard a beery sight, Boris Karloff. Very good. I never knew it was Boris Karloff until I did the research. Very good. Can I hit you right out of the box with another, uh, you name that voice? Go ahead. All right. You know the song they play on there. 
You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Yes. I wouldn't touch you with a 39 and a half foot pole. Da, 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 da. That's very good. You know who sings that? Boy, I should. Hang on. Give me. I'm going to take 10 seconds to just go back in my memory banks. Mr. Boy, the, the voice is so familiar. I'm um, going to give you another famous uh, voice that okay. the person who sings that did. Okay? Okay. They're great! Oh, well, I, obviously that's Tony the Tony Tiger. Tony the Tiger. But, okay. Right. I give up. Now, I don't know the guy's name. I forgot the guy's name. We'd have to look it up, but it's the same guy. All right, so basically you're telling me the guy that sang the Grinch song is Tony the Tiger. That's what I'm telling you, yes. It's <laughs> the, the worst trivia question of all time. <laughs> what? I think it's interesting. Hang on, I'm writing this down. Find out who is Tony the Tiger and put it in the corrections. I'll look it up. I don't have anything else to do. <laughs> no, he's in that voice again. I, I It sounds so uh, it's familiar. Da- it's Dawes something. Dawes, Dawes. Butler. Dawes Butler. Dawes Butler. Okay, yeah, he did a gazillion voices. Didn't yeah. he do, he either did Fred or Barney, didn't he? Uh, no, uh, well, he might have, yeah, he did maybe Fred, because Barney was Mel Blanc. Okay, yeah, that sounds right. Dawes Butler, okay, because he was a real famous uh, uh, character actor, not character actor, but voice actor in the 50s and 60s. I want to say he died way too young, too. I want to say he died in the 60s or early 70s. Yeah. I might be able to find it real quick, or we'll put right. it in the corrections. All right, you look at it. I'm just going to go ahead and mention the fact that um, uh, Theodore Geisel, a.k.a. Dr. Seuss, he, he actually, uh, he says it was the day after Christmas, and he had been getting frustrated with all of the stuff, you know, all the commercialism of Christmas and the songs and this and that. He's brushing his teeth, and he's kind of making a face, and he looks in the mirror, and he says, oh, my God. He says, that's says that's the Grinch I'm looking at the face of the Grinch and everything just went from there he's like this mean guy who doesn't like Christmas who's got this look on his face all the time and sure enough (laughs) that that was the motivation him looking in the mirror and seeing his negative self and then he wrote the Grinch yeah yeah. wow wow so that's fascinating um the Grinch this is a a tricky one for me okay time out cut I have to tell you, this important bulletin brought to you live by the people at Polk Brothers Furniture. We have an instant correction on the show. The great Dawes Butler did not voice the Tony the Tiger character, nor did he sing the uh, Grinch song. Instead, it was an actor by the name of Thurl Ravenscroft, who was born in 1914, died in 2005, he was on Jack Benny, did a bunch of Disney voices, worked with Mel Blanc. But uh, apologies to the estate of Thurl Ravenscroft. Wow, there's a name I never heard of in my life. That's a good yeah. alias to use when you check into a hotel and you don't want your ex-wife to find out. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about The Grinch, because I, I honestly, uh, I didn't do any research on any of the remakes because, you know, Jim Carrey did a movie, and then they, I think they did another one. Uh, as right. a matter of fact... They just did a Grinch musical a couple of days ago on NBC. Did you know that? I did know that, and I didn't watch it, and that's what I'm going to tell you about. Well, I only read one paragraph of a review in USA Today. They gave it one out of four stars. They said it was horrible. Oh, God. It's hard to get a new good Christmas show. Uh, my daughter and I are going to watch a show. We want to try to watch Christmas movies every year on this time of year, but they're get some of them get old. So you try to find a newer one, one sure. you haven't seen. 
Unless you want to watch those Hallmark movies, which are, you know, Ugh. I don't want to watch that with my daughter, for God's sakes. Uh, it, it's hard to find a new Christmas movie. I mean, they're, they're all basically garbage. One of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life we watched last week was The Santa Claus with Tim Allen. I'm telling you, that was Ugh. trash. Garbage. Horrible. Well, here's a good one. Here's a good one. Did right. you see Fred Claus with um, Vince Vaughn? Fred Claus with Vince Vaughn? And, uh, no. Paul- you recommend that? Paul Giamatti plays Santa Claus. I do recommend it. And um, Kevin Spacey is also in it. This is before, obviously, yeah. all the... But he was always a great actor. I think it's a really... I mean, it's not a great movie, but I'd give it three stars out of four. It's a good holiday movie. All I'm it's, looking yeah. for is two and a half as the baseline. I like the original Grinch that stole Christmas because, first of all, as a kid, I like Dr. Seuss books, you know, the rhyming and everything like that. Plus, the show is animated, and it was on once a year. You didn't get overwhelmed by it. But there was always lurking in the back of my mind the thought that, uh, you know, why does this Grinch thing, I get it, I've seen it two or three times, but it, it seemed a little bit like a one-trick pony. He, he terrorizes the town, and then he's a good guy at the end. I've seen this over time and time again, like at Santa Claus is coming to town with... The uh, you know the abominable snowman turns nice, or the you know the winter warlock turns nice. Uh, Christmas Carol with uh, Ebenezer Scrooge turns. Nice. I get it. That's a theme in this things. Right. But some reason or another, um, I have a limited tolerance for that kind of thing. I guess I. So when the Jim Carrey version came up, I don't know what it was, but I have I watched part of that and turned it off because I'm like, I don't, I don't need to see this in real life. It was cute as a book and then maybe as an animated show. But I don't want to see it in real life, and I sure as hell don't want to see all these people with pig noses. That bothered me for some reason. They dress up all the characters, the Who's, that make their noses look like pig nostrils. And I was like, that makes me uncomfortable. I can't put my finger on it, but they all look like pigs, and it's not an enjoyable watch. I couldn't get my mind off it. So that's it. That's my rant. I never thought about that. You're right. They do kind of all look like pigs, especially the little girls. <laughs> yeah. It's not an attractive look. I'll tell you, I always felt bad when I watched The Grinch for that poor dog. Yeah. Oh, how could I leave that out? Yeah. That was the main thing. I don't... I'm a sucker for animals, and I don't want to see dogs mistreated, even in an animated fictional series. (laughs) Well, you know, that was never one of my favorites, but again, it was always a staple, and it was one that you, when you went to school, kids would be, oh, did you see the Grinch last night? You know, I mean... You're you're right. It was, yeah. You can tell. I have grown old and bitter, like I'm slowly getting to the Howard Cosell stage (laughs) of that kind of thing in my life. Howard Cosell stage of bitterness. (laughs) What's with the Grinch? Green as my liver. All right, so All can right. you think? Can you think of any other Christmas specials that you watched? I mean, we always talk about the Andy Williams Christmas specials, or people did anyway. But I don't really remember yes. those. I remember um, there would be those kind of Christmas specials. Where there would be the staples. What you'd see, Andy Williams. That was us. He would always have one. I think Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra would do one together. I know they did it at least once. I think it was on the Dean Martin show. And then they'd bring out all the kids, like Dina, who's still singing her dad's songs, and Tina and Tina Mm -hmm. Sinatra, and who was the other Sinatra? Nancy Sinatra. And they'd all sing, and it was kind of okay, and it was, uh, you know. You're right. Oh, that reminds me, too. We're leaving out one of the biggest ones, uh, the Bing Crosby Christmas special. Oh, yes. 
yeah, his visit with David Bowie. Say, do you like the Beatles? Oh, I think they're fine. Yeah. That Is that was, true? That, Is that really, was that part of the interplay? Yeah, that was part of, look it up on YouTube. You know, I never, I never thought David Bowie, everyone, when he died, they, they, oh, David Bowie. I'm like, yeah, he, I guess. I mean, I don't know. He never did anything. The only thing that I remember is he did that Dancing in the Streets video in the 80s with Mick no, Jagger. No, no, that, yeah. So here's the deal. Yeah. This is my rule. And you're a music, musician, okay. music man, so to speak. Not Harold Hill, but you're a music I'd like to be like Harold Hill. Oh, we got trouble if that happens. I'll tell you that. Friends, anyway, you're um, closing your eyes to a situation you do not wish to acknowledge, or you are not aware of the caliber of disaster indicated by the presence of a pool table in your community. There you go. Yes. Wow, that was good, Jim. You had that lined up. Yeah, I used to. I used to be able to do the whole thing. Every now and oh, then, when yeah. when things were really boring at the TV station. <laughs> I would I would start a weather cast with that, or I would throw it in for like forty five seconds. But that's right. when yeah, that's when we were really bored. <laughs> How bored do you have to be to memorize well, a Harold Hill monologue? But, uh, that's well, my good. dad, my dad actually taught me that. We used to listen to the Music Man all the time. That that album. Oh, was it's great. excellent. Oh, we got trouble right here in River City. Look at yeah, oh, I love it. And there Shirley Jones. Oh my God, she's got the voice of an angel, and she looks spectacular. She's beautiful then. And she was in Oklahoma, too. I remember that, right? Yep. Yeah. She did yeah. a lot of Broadway stuff. All right. Really Let's save it for our Broadway extravaganza. That's right. Do. Okay. All right. So, but what was I saying? Oh, Bowie. My David rule Bowie. on music. David Bowie. Okay. Yeah. Here's the thing. Um, if you liked him, he was great. If you didn't like him, he sucks. That's the rule for all music. I don't care if you're talking about Led Zeppelin or Queen or Madonna yeah. or Adele or whatever. It's all subjective. So to me, I know a lot more about David Bowie that through my experiences, I could see that he was classic Hall of Famer type material. But hey, if you don't, you know, if you didn't like him, the, the, it's all subjective. That's but it. It, could, and it could be ignorance on my part because a lot of times, you know, you just get little bits and pieces yeah, over the years. That's a category too. Right, yeah. We better duck out of this episode because according to my notes, I've got a gazillion corrections that I'm going to have to make and that means that I'm going to have to do another musical Christmas bed. And I'll be curious to know in the corrections what Dawes Butler did. I'll put that. I, he did everything, believe me. But he and Stan Freeberg were buddies back in the 50s. And, and I know and, what he did. What? Huckleberry Hound. Did he? Are you, are you guessing? I'm guessing, but I think it's true. <laughs> I think Dawes Butler and Stan Freeberg did Time for Beanie, which was that puppet show that was... Very popular yep. back in the 50s. But, okay, again, more work, for God's sake. Say something, Christmas Eater. Wrap this up. Give everyone a season's greetings. Happy holidays message from Jim and Harry. You're a mean one, Mr. Cyan. But you know what? Here's what I would say to all of the listeners of Down the TV Rabbit Hole out there. Yeah. You're great! <laughs> Jim here, back with the corrections. And I'm pausing so you can hear the really good music behind the directions. If you're lucky, I might uh, include more music at the end. More of this great music. Robert Eaton and Burl Ives were not in a TV show. They were in a movie. 
1964 film that starred Tony Randall. It was called The Brass Bottle, and it did not get very good reviews. Johnny Marks was basically a Christmas song author. He wrote a bunch of songs, but his biggest hits were the Christmas songs, including the ones we mentioned, as well as Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, and I think Harry said that one, and Run, Rudolph, Run, a classic. Should mention that Dick Sean was the snow miser. Dick Sean, wonderful comedian, uh, great head of hair, a fine actor, uh, did The Tonight Show many times, and George S. Irving, who lived well into his 80s, he was the heat miser. Charles Schultz died in 2000, and according to Wikipedia, the day after he died was the day the last original Peanuts comic strip was published, for God's sake. Dawes Butler, great voice actor. He was Huckleberry Hound, Barney Rubble. Uh, he died in 1988. He was also Yogi Bear, Quick Draw McGraw, and Chilly Willie. And most importantly, Harry was not incorrect. There was a second Frosty the Snowman. It was called Frosty's Winter Wonderland. It was done in 1976. Jackie Vernon again was Frosty the Snowman. It also starred Shelley Winters, Paul Freeze, another great voice actor, the great Dennis Day from the Jack Benny Show, and of course... It was narrated by Good Cracker, Good Cracker, Andy Griffith. That's the broadcast. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. So long now.